Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits, and I'm bringing it to you real and unfiltered. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is delightful, if I do say so myself. I'm talking to Jennifer Freed. She is a psychologist and an astrologer, and we are talking all about kind of the intersection of psychology and astrology. So a little background on her. She is, like I said, psychologist, social emotional trainer, and astrologer. She's also an EMDR expert and a national consultant. So she's very well plugged into post-traumatic growth theory, research, and practice. She works with people from Van Jones to Gwyneth Paltrow to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Her wait list is about two years long. So I felt fortunate to have my birth chart read by her, which we do in this episode, which is kind of fun. And we just cover a lot of ground. So we start by like debunking a lot of the common misconceptions around astrology. We talk about the history of astrology, how people use it incorrectly. And then we also talk specifically about how astrology affects us and more importantly, how astrology shouldn't predetermine how you live your life necessarily and your relationships with other people and your relationship with yourself. And then she answers a lot of your listener questions. And like I said, she gives me a reading. So if you like this episode and it resonates and you want to learn more, she does have a new book coming out on October 4th. It's called A Map to Your Soul. I'm going to put a link for it in the description of the episode so that you guys can pre-order it, order it. And with that, I hope you enjoy Dr. Jennifer Freed. Welcome, Dr. Freed. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about astrology, psychology, and wellness. Yes, I am so excited. You are my inaugural astrology guest. You know, I've been doing this show for like three and a half years now. And it's such a popular topic and I've just never had anybody on. So I got tons of listener questions. We're going to see how many we can get to. Um, But why don't you just introduce yourself to the audience to start? Hey, I'm Dr. Jennifer Freed. I have my PhD in psychology and I'm internationally certified as an astrologer from the International Society of Astrology Research. And I've been doing both 
psychology as a therapist and astrology as a coach for, ah, embarrassingly in terms of age, 40 years. I love it. I can't get enough of it. It's the mystery that keeps giving. And I learned the very most by listening to clients. Mm -hmm. I think a good place to start is to define astrology. What is astrology? I think there are a lot of misconceptions around it and probably a lot of biases. So as an astrologer, what is astrology and what kind of falls under your scope of practice? That's a great question. And I think a lot of people have different answers for that. Mm-hmm. But my answer is astrology is the oldest known personality system on the planet. Every single culture before we had electricity studied the movements of the planets. And I call astrology a map to your soul, which is also the name of my new book. But I do think of it as a map to your soul because it's your cosmic lesson plan, it's a snapshot of the moment you were born, from the place you were born, on the day you were born, where all the planets were in the sky and what relationships they were making to one another, which then correlates with your inner committee and therefore what you experience outside. Because what we perceive, we experience. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit just because I think I know a lot of people's arguments against astrology. So many people consider it kind of woo-woo. I love it personally. (laughs) And you know, the way that I have used it in my life is I've gotten readings. I have somebody that I kind of consult with. And for me, it's not, it's not like a prophecy, you know, we can get into like some readings that I've had before, but there have been things that are like scarily accurate, but I don't commit myself to them, if that makes sense. I kind of get a reading and then I see what I relate to and I take what I want and then I kind of discard the rest. So for people who, like I said, have biases against it, can you talk about that a little bit? First of all, what you said is the way I start every reading, which is you're the expert on you. Don't ever let anyone talk you out of your inner knowing. If what I say as an astrologer is helpful, keep it. And if it's not, toss it out. I'm not at all about hijacking people's sense of knowing. It's just not a good idea. For people that have biases against astrology, they have it for good reasons, because astrology has been misused. It's been stereotyping and reductionistic, and it's been woo-woo. And then some people think that they're like gurus of astrology. And there's a lot of bad things out there, like with any profession. For me, I say that it's an experience that if it's insightful and motivating and inspiring is a great experience. And if it isn't, I don't need to convince anybody. In fact, I had one psychology professor say to me that the reason he didn't like astrology was because one time he had a reading and it was so accurate, it totally freaked him out. And so then he just didn't want to ever do it again. I'm not in the market for transforming cynical minds. I have so many people. I mean, I'm booked out for a year. There's There's just too many people that want the information that if you don't want the information, bless you. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was curious to know like how that is received. I mean, you have your PhD, like 
they tend to be kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum, I would think, when it comes to thinking. Some of it is very like scientific, evidence-based. And then the other is more, I don't know if you want to call it like spiritual or, or whatever, but you've kind of married the two. And I'm curious like about how you have combined the two, the intersection of psychology and astrology and how that was received, I guess, in your industry. You know, I love you asking me that because when I started studying both, everyone thought I was a quack. This was 40 years ago. Now, you know, I'm so popular, but then I was (laughs) as an Aquarian way ahead of everyone else. But I think of psychology as evidence-based and astrology as experience-based. And I don't call astrology a science. I call it an oracular art. So I'm not trying to prove something scientifically like love, like desire. These are not things you can quantify, but yet they're experienced. And you can never say, I didn't know that or feel that. And for good readings, people feel safe, seen, and celebrated. Now, in terms of combining both, psychology is the study of the soul and astrology is the map of the soul. And in psychology, I have learned and practiced for many, many years, the art of conversation, the art of listening, problem solving, looking at biological, cultural influences and how to help people navigate oppression and obstacles. So for me, the reading becomes a bit about your chart, but a lot about you and how to make the best decisions for you, given both your soul map and your psychology. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the term like a map to your soul. By now, I feel like I don't even have to tell you guys about my non-negotiables in my morning routine, starting with, of course, AG1 from Athletic Greens. It's the first thing that I do in the morning after I wake up, I drink some water and then I drink my Athletic Greens before I eat anything, before I have my matcha. It is a micro habit that I've been super consistent with for, I want to say, over a year now. And it just helps me to cover all my bases first thing in the morning. So if you are not familiar with Athletic Greens, one scoop of AG1 has 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. I just mix one scoop with eight ounces of water. I shake it up, but sometimes I add a few ice cubes and I've really come to crave the flavor. People always ask me what it tastes like. I think it tastes a little bit like kind of pineapple and vanilla. It's not overly sweet. It has less than one gram of sugar, unlike a lot of like pre-made green drinks that you have. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. There's no GMOs, no chemicals, no artificial anything while still tasting really good. And like I said, it's this micro habit that encompasses so many things. I think it's super convenient because it's something that you can do every single day to take care of yourself. And it almost eliminates the need to take a ton of different supplements because it 
really covers everything just in that one scoop. So to make it easy right now, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash blondefiles. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash blondefiles to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. So maybe we can start with just a very basic explanation of how are these things mapped? How does your birth time and place and all of this lend itself to your personality and you know your life, I guess? Start with your chart because then okay. a real bird's eye view. Great. So I have a chart over to the right. I'm looking at it. And you were born August 3rd, 1985 at 119 p.m., correct? Yes. Okay, great. So when I look at your chart, what I'm looking at is the placements of the planets in the heavens at the moment you were born. Your ascendant or rising sign is based on where the sun was rising at the moment of your birth. It's very specific. Within a minute, it can change. So... What I'm looking at is your sun sign is Leo, darling, beloved Leo, who is the performer and the creative and the heart-centered one. And you have sun with Mars, which is the action planet in Leo, and they're conjoined, which means they operate as one. So this is a very assertive love language person. So your basic identity, your sun with your action is congruent, and it's all about making love more available on the planet. Since it's in the house of discovery, belief systems, adventures, and meaning, you are a teacher of awakening love, according to your chart. Does that resonate? I would have to think about that a little bit, but I think so, yeah. Okay, well, you again, you're the expert. Mm-hmm. Then your moon is in Pisces and the moon is your non-negotiable needs, like what you need to be fulfilled. This is very different than Leo. It's a water sign. It's the most highly sensitive sign of all the signs. And a moon in Pisces needs vulnerability, transparency, care, compassion, forgiveness, mercy. And so when you have this fiery Leo with this moon and Pisces, you're always adjusting between what the world perceives of you and what your innermost self really is like, which is highly, highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting because I've talked about this before. I've been sober for eight and a half years and a lot of what fueled my alcoholism and I think my drug addiction was this kind of battle between how I wanted people to perceive me and how I truly felt on the inside. And I am sensitive. I'm introverted. I am kind of thoughtful and observant, but I wanted to be the opposite of all of those things. You know, I think when people think of Leos too, they're like bold and center of attention. Those were things that I 
wanted people to think I was. And that facade and the just juxtaposition of that really, yeah, like lent itself to feeling like I had to drink and use drugs and all that to to be that person who I wanted to be and ignore the person who I really was and cover that up. Yes. And just to be clear, for me, Leo has an extroverted and introverted side, but the thing that is very central to Leo's fulfillment is the awakening of the heart and love. Mm -hmm. So I think you can be a podcaster, you can be a public persona, but still have a very introverted life, but it has to be dedicated to loving yourself and loving others. So that's Mm -hmm. my take on that. Now your rising sign is Scorpio. So that's the sign on the ascendant. And Scorpio is very intense, very focused, and often reserved and shy and suspicious of anyone that seems a little bit too insincere or performative. So when you take a look at the sun, moon, and rising in your chart, you have this ability to awaken the heart with this high emotional sensitivity and this laser-like scrutiny of yourself and others for what's real. You're really looking beneath the surface. What's real here? Can I trust this? How does that seem to you? Very accurate. Okay. Very so accurate. just did your sun, moon, and rising. Now, there are many other planets and many other aspects. I could do one more if you want. Yeah, let's turn this into a session about me and my... Oh, see, that would be a Leo. <laughs> I just have to say. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do just a couple more then. Let's get to your people's questions too okay. because they did want to hear. All right, so you have Neptune oppose Venus. This is the most romantic you can be in a delusional kind of way. So let me talk to you about that. I have that too. When I was younger, I would project on anyone and everything, this kind of miraculous, idealized love until I finally figured out. So I'm saying this to you, you're younger, but I hopefully you figured it out that I was making up everything and that people have clay feet and they always do. And I do too. And I had to do a lot of therapy around oh, I get to be ordinary and so do they. Because I kept getting disappointed because I made up these bigger than life ideals about the people that I was attracted to or I was in love with. Mm -hmm. So how are you managing that romantic part of your chart? Well, would that be similar to kind of pedestalizing people? That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, yes, yes. So guilty. That was my MO romantically. I don't know that I've navigated that so well. I'm currently going through a divorce. So, (laughs) okay. Well, let me give you some good news about that. Okay. 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 So the other whole art of astrology is the timing, what's called cycles and transits. Your birth chart stays the same, but as the planets move, they aspect certain lesson plans in your chart. And you've been going through a two and a half year period of what's called Saturn which is a maturing, disciplining, and also defining moment in your life. And when you go through Saturn, many relationships end or have to leave because they weren't actually for your growth. The great news is you're about done with Saturn. You'll be done 
in March of 2023. But here's the great news. You've been two and a half years. And also I'm in Saturn too. We have some similar things. The last six months, if you've done the work, which I feel like you have because you're Scorpio rising and you're into personal growth, is what's called the cornucopia period. The cornucopia period is the harvesting of all the hard work. So it's when you start to realize, oh, I did make the right decisions. And as hard as this has been, I have redefined myself. I'm ready now for a higher love, a higher path. And that's the period you're in right now is these last six months. So I would encourage you to think hard about all that you've accomplished and really start basking in what the results will be from that. I think that arguably the most important room in the house is the bedroom. So much emphasis is put on things like the kitchen and common areas like a living room or areas that more people are going to see. But your bedroom is your sanctuary, even if you're spending most of your time in there sleeping. It's so important to just have a great aesthetic, a calming vibe, but it can get really expensive and it can be hard to find pieces that you love and make your space look beautiful. So Article is here to change that. They combine the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. Their team of designers focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. And they're dedicated to a modern aesthetic of mid-century Scandinavian industrial and bohemian designs. All of their items in stock are delivered in two weeks or less. This is huge. I know that so many things have crazy long lead times. You guys know that I moved recently and this has been a major headache, but I got some chairs from Article. So I actually have them in my living room, but I'm working on my bedroom now. I get tons of questions about these chairs because they're in the background of a lot of my videos and pictures. They're these beautiful ivory boucle. So if you're interested, they are the Gabriola boucle chair in ivory, like I said. And my experience with Article was honestly delightful. So they basically cut out the middleman. They sell directly to you. There's no showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. You actually save up to 30% over traditional retail prices. The delivery was amazing. They came really fast. The delivery men were so helpful. They set everything up. They were funny. They moved the existing furniture out of the area and it was just such a good experience. So right now, Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. All you have to do to claim this is visit article.com slash blonde and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash blonde, A-R-T-I-C-L-E.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. I have said it here before and I will say it again, but sexual wellness is a huge part of wellness and it is kind of outdated. The whole industry is really outdated. So Maud is redefining what sexual wellness and modern intimacy looks like by creating the chapter in the outdated sexual wellness industry. They make modern body safe and high quality essentials for before, during, and after sex. And they have a whole variety of products like vibrators, lubricants, and massage candles. And you guys, their products are absolutely 
beautiful. There's so much attention paid to design, sustainability, and inclusivity. Basically, if sexual wellness had a name, it would be mod. These products, you want them to be seen in your bedroom. You don't want to be hiding them in your bedside table drawer or wherever you put those like old antiquated vibrators. These are so nice. They are these like kind of muted, neutral colors. The design is so chic and you guys just have to go check them out because you're going to love them. One of the coolest things about Mod is that it is a female-led Latinx founded company. Their founder created Mod for all bodies, all genders, all races. And Dakota Johnson actually joined Mod in 2020 as their co-creative director. So I really think that these are products that everybody should have because of their design and like how aesthetically pleasing they are. But they also just have great products, whether you are looking for like a essentials kit, a travel kit. So they have personal lubricant, condoms, like everything that you would need whenever the mood strikes. So right now, Mod is giving 15% off on your first order on all products with the code BLONDE. Just head over to getmod.com slash blonde. That's G-E-T-M-A-U-D-E.com and use blonde to get 15% off your first order. Trust me, you deserve a night in. Again, it's getmod.com slash blonde. Yeah, I love that. That's very encouraging. And I actually had an astrologer tell me something similar. And it's somebody that I go to kind of regularly. And earlier when I was talking about not using this as a self-fulfilling prophecy, I was thinking of this one particular thing because he told me about Saturn. And he told me in the winter of 2021 that I was going to to likely separate or divorce because he saw something in the relationship or the going through changes, it did kind of get in my head. And I was like, really? Yeah. But yeah, and now I, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It was really interesting. And even the beginning of this year and, you know, the last six months, I do feel like it has been a lot of change, a lot of growth and a lot of movement and all of that. But he, he even said like in the beginning of this year that I would probably move out in in April because of something that was lining up and that happened. So, I mean, it's kind well, of, so crazy. he's got a really good dial into you because he knows yeah. you for a, a while and also mm-hmm. timing. Now I just want to say for everyone listening, I've also been in a two and a half year Saturn period and I have never been happier in my 26 year relationship. Mm-hmm. So Saturn isn't always about breakups, but it mm-hmm. is about committing further to your highest good. And if the people around you are into that, like my partner is, yay. If for some reason they really aren't for your highest good, then you will end. But I don't want people to be fearful of Saturn. I love Saturn. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the sun, moon, and rising signs, because that was one of the most common questions that I got from the listeners was how do I interpret these and what do these mean in my life? Great. The sun is your basic identity. So whatever your sign the sun is in will tell you a lot about your inner battery. What lights up your whole personality and identity? The moon is your non-negotiable needs, your innermost needs. 
how you want to be nurtured and how you nurture others. Your rising sign is what's called the persona, the mask you wear to the world, what they see when they first interact with you. Okay, got it. And then what about fire, earth, air, and water? How does that play into everything? Well, that is foundational to everybody's life. And that's what my new book's about, fire, earth, air, and water. And these are the four elements that make up everybody's birth chart. So fire is the dynamic, charismatic, impulsive, reckless, passionate part of our energy system. Earth is the stable, dependent, reliable, grounded part. Air is the thinking, logic, visionary. And water is the feeling and the merging and all of that. Now, we all have four elements in our birth chart. and Most all of us lean heavily into one or two elements over the others. And why that's important and why I wrote my new book is because if you don't develop the other qualities, you tend to project them out negatively onto other people. So for example, I'm going to use myself as an example. Okay. I have mostly fire and air and I am just a whirlwind of euphoric ideas and just let's do it. I'm just that kind of person. I'm easy to temper. I'm just like, go, go, go. But I have lower water. So I've been in therapy my whole life trying to deal with my feelings because they're not that easy for me as they are for a Pisces moon. But when I don't work on my feelings, I can't even believe the victim-y, whiny feeling people that come into my life. Like they just show up in the most watery, awful ways because it's kind of the whole universe saying to me, deal with your own feelings so you're not rescuing other people or getting into relationships with unhealthy feeling people. Mm -hmm. That's an example. Mm -hmm. So you really want to balance all four elements. You Mm -hmm. want to keep yourself alive with the fire, go, 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 the earth, stay grounded, the air, keep a vision of where you're going and be very committed to broader ideals and water, stay in touch with, I feel this, I feel that, I feel this. Very Mm -hmm. important. So you mentioned like attracting certain people into your life based off of that. So let's talk about astrology and compatibility. I feel like that's probably one of the most common uses of astrology. I could be wrong, but you know, everybody wants to know their prospects sign or whoever they're in a relationship with, and they want to know if they're compatible. So how do people navigate that? This will not be a popular answer, but here (laughs) we go. There's no such thing as compatibility based on your charts. It's all based in your personal growth. So I've seen charts that had no business technically being together, but there's a chemistry, there's karma. We are drawn to people. I believe that it's way beyond our knowing why. It's just the real question we always have to ask ourselves: Is this relationship making me a better person? Is this relationship supporting me to contribute to the world? Is this relationship affirming me and supporting me? Those are the only questions you should be asking. You cannot find a healthy relationship based on your chart. It's Mm -hmm. impossible. 
Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's helpful because I did also have a lot of people send in not questions, but statements like, I'm in a really loving, healthy relationship, but our charts are completely incompatible. What do I do? (laughs) So this is the biggest misnomer or lie about astrology. Mm -hmm. It's not based on, oh, Aquarius doesn't go with cancer, or in your case, Leo doesn't go with Scorpio. It's just not true. What's Mm -hmm. true is there's always a workout with anybody you're going to get very close to. And Mm -hmm. are you up for the work? As a psychotherapist, this is my other hat, doing couples counseling for years. These are the couples I like to work with. The ones that come in and say, this is how I'm interfering with the love in my life. Help me. Mm-hmm. Couples I never want to work with is she's doing this and she's doing that. And if only she would change, then I'm good. Blame is the toxic, completely damaging element to any relationship. Mm-hmm. Accountability is the one you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking every day, every week, how can I be a better partner? I'm mm-hmm. doing the gut check on me. I'm not doing my partner's inventory. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in recovery, like I said, and that's a huge kind of principle in recovery. It's like, even when I was going through this relationship stuff and the relationship was kind of unraveling and we're in therapy and this, that, and the other, and I'm telling people, well, he's this, he's doing this, he's not doing this. And people who kind of guide me around all of that stuff said, I don't care what he's doing or not doing. I care what you're doing, you know, focus on what you're doing. It's the only thing we have agency or power about is our own behavior. We have no business evaluating anybody else's growth. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've been doing personal growth work my whole life. I'm so far from finished. I have no business looking at somebody else saying what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. And I love the 12-step program. I'm not in that program, but I have lots of friends who are. And my favorite part, just I want to give a shout out to all the (laughs) 12-step people, is you've got a free program to change your freaking life. And it's beautifully orchestrated and you've got community, which I think is absolutely foundational to having a healthy life is a community. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that if you are looking for a new restaurant to go to for brunch or dinner, you pour over lists and lists of reviews. You probably read the menu beforehand if you're anything like me. So why not do the same thing when you are booking a doctor's appointment? Well, with ZocDoc, you can see real verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is probably just as important, if not more, than finding the right plate of eggs Benedict, right? ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed, who take your insurance, and who are available when you need them. This is huge. And on ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you are looking to fix your teeth or fix an achy back or get your skin checked or anything in between. ZocDoc has you covered. Their mobile app is so easy to use. You can find and review local doctors and When you walk into the doctor's office, you're all set to see somebody in your network who gets you. So go to ZocDoc.com and find the doctor that is right for you. Book an appointment in person or remotely, whatever works for your schedule. I'm sure that you guys have had the experience, as have I, of 
getting the name of a doctor and trying to get in to see them and they're not available for months. So on ZocDoc, you can find somebody who is available right now. And it's such an easy, reliable way to find and book a quality doctor. So right now you can go to ZocDoc.com slash blonde and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are even available within 24 hours. So that's ZocDoc.com slash blonde, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash blonde, ZocDoc.com slash blonde. You know, I don't really talk about it publicly, but I will say that the people who I know in recovery, the vast majority of them are so emotionally intelligent and self-aware and generous and just have so many amazing qualities as a result of that work. I'm always impressed. And I say this all the time with people who embody those things who aren't drug addicts or alcoholics. (laughs) Like I had to get sober to, you know figure all of that stuff out. But um, yeah, I got to say, I trust people more that have done the dark night of the soul, whatever that's been. I've certainly done mine and Mm -hmm. come through the other side. I'm always a little bit more queasy with people that act like they've never had to deal with anything because I think, well, then where is the development of your character soul? Mm -hmm. So I just love anybody that's doing some type of deep inventory on personal suffering and personal accountability, turning it into joy. Yes. Yeah. I always say like, I love fallibility. I love people owning up to that shit, you know, and and learning from it and growing from it. And it does build character. So I think it's hard to have that perspective when you're going through something difficult. But I try to remember that, you know, that like when you're going through something hard, I mean, getting sober was the hardest thing I ever had to do. I thought it would be the worst thing I ever had to do. And it was the best thing I ever did. And I think that goes for a lot of, I don't know, just challenges that we Initiation is what I call them. Mm -hmm. Anytime you go through the fire, it's an opportunity to be initiated as a healer. Because I think when we've gotten really good healing from others, It makes us very able to listen and hold suffering for other people. Yeah, I love that. Okay, well, let's get to some of the listener questions since we did have so many. I think a good starting point, let's see. When it comes to somebody's birth chart, how important is the accuracy of the time? A lot of people said, I don't know exactly or I know within a half an hour. Does that change everything or... Well, what it does, if you don't have an accurate birth time, you will not be at all certain of the house placement, which is the area of learning, but you will still have an incredibly good picture of your inner committee and the planets and how they're interacting. You can have a fabulous reading without an accurate birth time, but you won't know the houses. That's what the birth time tells us. Okay. Can you give us a little history lesson about how the interaction of the planets and the placement and all of that, how this kind of came to be and how it's said to influence us? Yeah, sure. So you have to all now imagine that thousands of years ago, there was no electricity, there was no internet, there was no even shelters like we have now. People were living nomadically in tribes and they would 
passionately study the sky to make meaning of their lives. Why does this happen? We're always searching for meaning. But then all we had was nature and the elements and without any interference, always a night sky with planets and stars. So thousands of years ago, people would actually in caves and such follow the movements of the planets looking for some type of meaning system. And families, generations of families would do it over hundreds of years. So they'd get really accurate. This is when this happens. This is when this happens. And they started noticing incredible correlations. Oh, when Mars is in this place in the sky, there's a war or there's a fight. Oh, when Venus is over here, that's when people seem to get married. Oh, and that's how it all developed very organically, worldwide, very much an empirical science. They were just studying what was going on. Then the kings, etc., always the powerful people say, wow, if you can do this for just the world and what's happening, do it for me. Look at my birth chart. <laughs> and then that's what began developing as more personal. When that planet's here in your chart, it looks like this, and this is what happens. And that is how astrology came to be. And it's been practiced for thousands of years. And there's just, as my teacher Rick Tarnas says, it's archetypally reliable, not predictable, which means when you have, like in your chart, Venus at the moment of your birth was opposite Neptune, you have this kind of mythical romantic consciousness, but it doesn't say how you'll play that out. Mm -hmm. And that's free will. Right. Free will is we get to be partners with the universe. Mm -hmm. We can have these energies and we can go the low road or the high road. For example, Adolf Hitler and Charlie Chaplin were born right next to each other. One played the great dictator and was this amazing actor and one actually acted it out as a dictator. We have free will. And so these energies are not defined from the moment you're born in terms of how you'll apply them. If you had stayed a drug addict, you could have been entirely destructive with a Scorpio rising and just made a complete wreck of your life. That's up to you. But instead you did the other kind of Scorpio rising, which is the Phoenix. You rose from the ashes. Mm -hmm. I love that. Love that visual. <laughs> What about some of these kind of universal things like Mercury in retrograde, for example? That's something that everybody would experience, right? But yeah. does that affect everybody differently as well? Yes, absolutely. So Mercury's retrograde a few times a year for a few weeks. And what we've noticed, again, this is all just empirical observation, is that when Mercury's retrograde, Mercury rules communications and messages we all seem to have a little bit more trouble with computers and cars and conversations. And so this is a universal experience, but people have different access to it. So some people have more trouble and some people have less. Everybody jokes and feels the kind of trickery of Mercury retrograde. Are there any big ones besides Mercury retrograde? I feel like that is probably the most commonly most common. heard one, but 
most common that people really experience. And then everything else is pretty specific in terms of what people are going through in this year. Mm -hmm. This year, it's all about Saturn square Uranus. Have you heard about that? No. Okay. So all of us are going through Saturn square Uranus. And that transit is about the old confronting the radical new. And that is a tension inside of all of us. What are the old narratives that are rigid and stodgy? What are the new narratives that are freeing? What are the old narratives that we need to pay more attention to, like, in my opinion, our elders? And what are the new narratives that are destructive because they're just reckless and rebellious? We have this whole tension going on right now that's trying, in my opinion, to come to some integration between the old and the new. What should people do with that? Well, I think you would agree with me on this. Stop pointing fingers. Mm -hmm. There's just nothing to be gained by canceling people or being superior or righteous. There's nothing to be gained by going after people when there's enough work we can do with each other to heal the world. There's a term called problematic allies, which is just the idea that even if we don't agree on everything, we can find enough to agree on to actually move the earth healing forward. Mm -hmm. We all need to start looking at what we can do together instead of who's doing what not perfectly. That's Mm -hmm. a big waste of time. Yep. Reminds me of another recovery thing, not to just regurgitate all of that, but you know, you look for similarities, not differences and look for areas that you can relate and work together and not where you can separate yourself from other people. Yes. I think separation and fear is the great trouble with our whole world right now, because Mm -hmm. to the degree we're fearful and separate, we actually don't address the real problems in the world. We're just trying to other each other. Mm -hmm. Not helpful. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything to look for in somebody's chart that hasn't been talked about a hundred times? This was another question that I got from a lot of people. I, I can tell you, this is very, very important. Okay. The most important thing is to look at the moon signs together. That's the most important thing because the moon sign is our emotional world. And to know your moon sign and somebody else's moon sign and start a discussion about what that means to each other is fundamental to compatibility. Not just the moon sign itself, but how I get my needs met, what my needs are, should be foremost in your mind as a friend or lover because you want to know me and what I need, not just assume. That's the worst thing in intimacy is assuming. We really actually need to have conversations about what those innermost needs are. And the moon signs are the gateway or portal to that. Mm -hmm. So I know when we talked about compatibility before, you said that anybody can kind of be compatible with anybody. It's what they do with it. But do you see any difficulties with people who have the same signs or is it the same thing? It just depends on how they... Completely depends. I I know a couple that has the exact same moon sign and they just get each other. Like Mm -hmm. that's what happens when you have the same moon sign. Mm -hmm. So now when your moon 
technically what's called squares somebody else's, that's tension and it's difficult. So you're going to have to apply more effort. So there Mm -hmm. are issues always, Mm -hmm. but there's ways to actually address those issues if, and this is my big caveat for healthy relationships, both people equally willing to do the work. Nobody's running from the work. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. You mentioned karma before. Do you, can you explain that a little bit? And then a follow-up to that would be, do you believe in destiny? Oh, two questions. Well, karma to me is very simple. What you put out, you'll get back. Not always in a direct line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I have a philosophy of generosity. I just give all the time and I'm not looking for it in return from that person, but the universe and people are extremely generous to me. I just fully believe what you put out, you get back. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I've done some really terrible things in my life, as you have when I was using, and some of that's come back to me too. You know, I think that's karma. It's just, we live in a cause and effect kind of situation and energy is something that is recycling all the time. Mm -hmm. That's karma. Destiny. I don't believe in destiny in a very concrete and readable way. I think of it as we're always being pulled toward our highest good, whether we choose to go or not. And we have free will. Mm -hmm. So we have free will to go toward that highest calling with joy or to stumble bloody need and not get there. Mm -hmm. Is there anything coming up in September that people should be aware of? Well, I do think September through November is going to be this very combustive period of Saturn square Uranus. Mm -hmm. And that the most important thing that I keep coaching people on is to be much more fond and appreciative of what I call your sacred crew or Marsha Cross calls your God family. I think it's time we stop centralizing couples And we start actually looking at our entire support systems and being much more caring about the people that lift us up. And my other friend, Jen Buffett says, look for fountains, not drains. Be around people and actually treasure people that are making your life better and let them know, really let them know. Because so many times we take the very people that are foundational bedrocks of love for granted. Don't do that this fall. Mm -hmm. Heave on the appreciations. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't you tell everybody about your book? You mentioned it earlier, but I'm sure everyone is going to want to go out and get that. (laughs) Well, A Map to Your Soul, by the way, if you order it from jenniferfree.com, there's many, many free gifts that go along with the book. So order it there. It's a book that has been years in the making. And it's a combination of deep psychology and astrology, but you actually don't need to know any astrology to utilize this book. It's much more like a workbook, if you're willing, of 12 different chapters of your existence in life and how to become more fully expressed. My deepest conviction is that joy comes from full self-expression. When we are free to be our unique, selves in every context. 
And so the book is a guide to how to actually become who you truly are on all cylinders. Amazing. Well, I have a copy. I cannot wait to read it and do the work while I'm in my, I don't remember what it's called, but this transitional growing phase through March, 2023. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect timing. I like to ask all of my guests, one thing we should stop doing or could stop doing and one thing we should start doing. One thing we should stop doing is doing anybody else's inventory. Mm-hmm. Just keep on keeping your lane and bring all the love you can to your own path. I love that. So that's a stop and a start in one. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. I had so much fun. I know everybody is going to love this. Where can everybody find you and find your book and all of that? I think the best way to find everything about me is jenniferfreed.com. And that will lead you to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all the rest. (laughs) And I really like to interact with people through email. So that's Dr. Jen, J-E-N, freed at gmail.com. And I feel very honored to be on your show. I really feel proud of you if that's a weird thing to say. I am older. I get to say it because you've done <laughs> this work. You're going through a big transition. I know you're going to do great with it like you've done the other ones, but it takes a lot of courage to be this open and transparent on behalf of community. So I really applaud you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. And thank you again for coming on. You're welcome. Have a great month, everyone. <laughs> Bye. hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Lori. This episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.